With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, Cheeseheads. Welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This is Franco, your host for the show, and today we're talking about a win, finally. Feels like a long time. Probably has been quite a long time um, against Palace in the league. Also joining from South London, uh, it's Mr. Paul Muir. How are you doing, Paul? Hello, mate. Gus had the king. Coronation weekend in London at the moment. Um, yeah, just back in through the door. Uh, lovely afternoon in North 17 in the drizzle, uh, watching um, a very welcome 1-0. Yeah, a win's a win and all that. Um, also joining from up north, Mr. Seb Short, eating Seb. Yeah, nice to have a boring Saturday. No, uh, or boring boring football weekend. <laughs> um, and we all know there's only one king and he's only got one knee. <laughs> <laughs> I did love the memes being sent around sort of like within hours of the coronation of like Ledley sat on the throne instead of <laughs> Charlie Boy. Oh, it's quite good. And he actually got that song, got sung today, didn't it? Paul, it did. Underground. It did, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, a lovely, lovely rendition just for uh, kickoff as well of the the national anthem, which I thought was quite nice. I thought there might be a little bit of like, you know, anti kind of royalism kind of stuff, but it wasn't. And um, that was, it was not. And then, yeah, that, that chant that you mentioned there got sung, which was lovely. Yeah, which was good. I mean, I, d- I did a peaceful protest, which was just sitting down when everyone else stood up. But Did you? Okay. <laughs> How'd that go for you? Did you like get like, off of his head and shit like that in front of you? <laughs> no, I didn't do anything. That's what I mean. It's a peaceful protest. Peaceful pro- You're so peaceful, Franco. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's crack into it. This time, when we talk about the lineup, there's actually something to discuss. Some major moves were made today. Um, I'll go to Seb first. Seb, what did you make? I don't know where we should do this player by player. What do you think about Dyer being dropped to start with? Well, I had to kind of double take it because I see he wasn't in the lineup, and then I saw he was on the subs bench. I thought, did he get banned? Did he get a, a yellow and, and he's out? And I'd missed that from all the commotion that's happened in the last couple of games. But no, he was he was dropped, and that's a big call. Um, yeah. So fair, fair play to Mason. He he's, he showed some balls, I think, today for for a man who's got twenty four metal plates and forty eight screws <laughs> in his head. He uh, he seems to be uh, you know he seems to be quite an intelligent bloke. And um, yeah, we, we know he's mates with Kane, but I don't know whether he's mates with with Dyer as well. He they've obviously been around the squad a long time. I think they have, haven't they? Been yeah, they've been together. Yeah. together. There's a picture of them. Can't be an easy discussion to have, can it? No, not at all. But. Um, He's doing his job. He's doing what what he's been paid I mean, yeah. quite a bit of money to to do for the next few weeks. Um, 
and uh, and that was the right call. And we'll get into the the formations and the and the personnel and and their roles. But um, I, I think he the the thing that stood out most for me today, kind of within the lineup, was the fluidity of the lineup. Mm. And I think he's I think he's he's done well in the last week. I think he's come across very well post Liverpool. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he's, he's doing his job. So that's all we can ask. Right. So once uh, Mason's the next manager, you heard it here first. I did not say <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, Paul, what do you think in general? Because there was a lot of confusion. It's almost like the, the idea of playing a four-four-two formation was just too out there for people to even think about. So like when we saw the lineup with two right backs and uh, Davis in there, people kind of, and then I think Graham Roberts said pre-match it was four at the back. So everyone was thinking it must be four-three-three. I was thinking, but why would you put Porro in a three in the middle? It makes no sense. So the four four two, it might have felt like we're going back to the Redknapp era, but it was uh, an interesting decision, wasn't it? It was interesting. Yeah, when I when I saw the lineup, I, I got there a bit late today. I had a um, a lunch with a Crystal Palace fan and these lovely children, a guy from down here, Brixton, and uh, I got to Granite and I looked. I was like, "What's going on here?" Um, but yeah, I thought, well, "Is he going to play Royale right centre back?" Is he going to play three? Is he? What's he going to do there? But um, I agree. What Seb was saying there, Mason's uh, made some big calls. Yeah, Dyer. He's um, either dropped or Dyer's got an, a knee. I don't. I assume Dyer's not injured. Um, no, he came on, didn't he, for the last he, two he, minutes? He did come on with that very, very kind of nineteen eighty second that he's got at the moment. Um, yeah, but yeah, I. Just, I, th- I thought Royal was superb today. We'll, we'll come on to individual performances, but the lineup itself, yeah, it was never going to be a four-four-two. Hang on, what? What? Hang on, it was a four-four-two. It wasn't. It was three. I don't think it was a four-four-two either. You said it that was, was always three-four-three. Three, 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 Franco, Emerson was right centre back. Romero and Longley is a back three. Davis pushing on left, and Poro was right wing back pushing in midfield. Mm, I'm dubious about that. I disagree. I disagree with both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was fluid. It was fluid. And that's what I said right at the start. It, it, it wasn't one thing or the other. It was something in possession and it was something else out of possession. Well, yeah, I, I won't disagree with that. But I think when you when you say what your formation is, it's normally what it is when you're defending. And at that point, Kane, Richarlison were up top. Then we had a four in, the, in behind them and then a four behind them. Uh, Song Koo-min was not left midfield. I'd probably, to be fair, Franco, I'd probably, like, this is quite interesting, actually, because we, obviously we didn't discuss this at all before we, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I would, I would agree with that. I would agree that, that there was, that in, in defence, it was nominally a four four two. I don't agree that that's what you say you're lining up as, because that, when you, your defensive structure is, is your lineup, I don't agree with that. I thought it was really fluid. I thought Porro was kind of the spare man. He played mainly as a right winger in, uh, uh, for me, but what was going on mm. behind him was really interesting because um, Romero, Royale and Porro were basically, I felt, far, tasked in the first half with stopping any balls through the channels. When there's three of them there on that side going out towards Zaha, he got he didn't get a sniff, he didn't get anything. Um, and I felt that was that was because the, the formation and the movement was really fluid. It's the most... Um, movement I've seen from our team in mm. weeks. There wasn't just people standing, pointing at each other, which we've talked about you know, over and over again. Um, there was there was constant movement in and out of possession. And it looked like it'd been coached. And therefore, yeah, credit where credit's due. It looked to me like they'd worked on something really, really hard on the training ground and they were all working for each other today. But like when I looked at how we lined up at kickoff, I was like, this is 4-4-2. Um, and like I said... Oh, I 
five seconds while the ball's on the centre spot. <laughs> behave, behave, Franco, behave. Well, look, the idea of Sun sticking to a position <laughs> is... Uh... That, that, that's a valid point because I think Richie was through the middle a bit more and Kane was definitely um, wide right at some points as well. Um, I, 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 again, and I don't want to do this all the time, but I actually agree with Seth because it was very, very fluid. Sometimes Richie's through the middle. Sometimes there was like, you know, Richie pulling wide, someone was pulling wide. And then at a point, someone's through. Yeah, th- there was a lot of interchanging and a lot of yeah. But that interchanging was done with understanding as well, which mm, I think was yeah. really important as well. So uh, certainly the front three were, were, were really kind of fluid and quite dynamic. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and I'm just thinking into there the were instances in the game where like Sun was nowhere near the left wing in that sense, but I think that's where he was supposed to be generally. Um, <laughs> anyway, the first half it was a strange one because uh, most people in the ground, like I said, there was there's a general amount of lethargy from people I spoke to uh, pre-match. I think people were just kind of like, well, just want to get this season over and done with, if I'm honest. And it didn't really sort of the game didn't really get the, the crowd going too much. It was it was quite a not really a slow pace, but um, there wasn't many opportunities. There wasn't many situations where fans got off their feet in the first sort of 10, 15 minutes. And really the first half went past quite quickly, I thought. But um, said Palace were just quite happy to sort of sit back and absorb and then try and catch us on the break with their, their tricky and skillful wingers, weren't they? Yeah, I thought that was exactly their game plan. But I, as I said, I think that's what we 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 would have expected as fans, and it's how the team kind of um, set up to expect that as well. And I thought we cut that off at source that they didn't really threaten. Um, I, I I didn't feel. Um, and yeah, it was quite nice to kind of go through fifteen minutes without there being some kind of you know total club meltdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah, that that was a bonus. And actually, I looked at the clock, and it is at one point it said twenty nine minutes. And even though not a lot had happened, it did seem to go yeah. to, to go quite quickly. Um, yeah. I thought Emerson was the standout player for the for the first um, certainly for the first half an hour. Um, I thought he dealt with everything quite well that that came at him, and then I thought he was good on the ball as well. Um, and I do like get abuse for this because he's one of the apparently targeted players but I do like Davis down that side I just find him solid um no no frills but he picks up the right positions forward and forward and back um and as Paul said the front three I thought changed position quite a lot there was a lot of times when um Richarlison was center a lot of times when Son moved over to the right Kane dropping deep um almost playing the two up front in Son and Richarlison with Kane into midfield there was just a lot of movement um and I think the reason it went went quickly was even though chance wise there wasn't a lot going on it was quite an enjoyable watch yeah no I agree the interchange was there I mean leading up to that that first goal I've just been watching it again on the replays and you look and Kane is at the back post and Son and Rishi are you know closer to to Poro's side Um, but you know we had had a few chances in that half I think we only had four in the total in total one of them was that good chance from um, Romero the header that hit the the crossbar and then um, what was the other one? Hoybier. Hoybier went through and sort of lashed that shot, which which just went sort of wide of the post, um, maybe a little bit off balance. And then we had to rely on Kane, the absolute, you know, one shot, one goal merchant at the moment. I think that's the same as he did against Liverpool. He had one shot, one goal. Um, but nice header at the back post, wasn't it? And a decent cross from Porro. A decent cross from Porro. Kane picks it up um, in an advanced position, um, flicks out of his left, spins. 270 degrees, which is three quarters of a circle, hits with his right foot out to Poro. Poro takes one touch. Kane has carried on 
Um, and the, remember, the surface is wet. It's been it's been raining all afternoon in seventeen. The ball like is straight in the poro. One touch, cup, sorry, maybe cup touches. Poro dinks it, uh, puts in a really good ball, and Kane just carried on his run and got over the top of Ward. Ward is a donkey. He's awful. Um, yeah, and he's not very good. And Kane just rides above him, powers it down, uh, past Johnson, and one uh, nil. It was it's it's Harry Kane running, bringing deep, bringing other players. And I've said this all season. There's nobody better at coming short, opening his body out, and spreading the play. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's a defender, two defenders. It doesn't matter if it's a defensive midfielder behind him, next to him. He'll turn. He'll protect the ball most of the time, and he'll play a ball out to one of the wing backs. And he's done that today. It's a really good goal. That volley pass with a fade in it to hold it up on the on the on the zippy surface was really really nice. Lovely goal. Yeah, absolutely lovely. Cameras almost missed it. You know, it, it was it was that the, the the vision that he had the, the 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 cameras almost didn't have when he sprayed that ball so far out. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even kidding. It looked like he kind of whacked it out of play, um, and the cameras were kind of ready to to kind of pan back. Um, and obviously, it was, it was a it was a fantastic ball. And as as you say, one one chance, one goal. And now, now he's above. Um, now he's above Rooney. Yeah, he <laughs> was really clever today, Kane. Because sometimes Gray was coming like quite tight to him, so he recognised and he would come across, and and that's the fluidity that we've we've spoken about. And also sometimes Decore would try and come and trying to scream as well, which would leave space. And then Hoiberg would come forward a bit more as well. So it was all from Kane's movement as well. There was there was. We said this cut on this guy, but there's real understanding today. There was a real kind of almost like, well, if one player moves, that means this is happening, so therefore I can do this. And that's mm. definitely been coached today. That that was really, really noticeable. And the way that they moved, I mean, Anson and Gray, by, by all accounts, what Chris, the guy I lunch today with, have played really well, really well. Gray's a great, great defender, and he, he, he just got bossed today. He, did, he didn't know where to come short, stay long, didn't know where to come in, follow someone or, or whatever. He was. But it all starts with Kane. Kane moves, he, he drags a player, then somebody else can see that space and it's almost like they know to exploit that space. It was really, really good. I mean, we, we say this, but we shouldn't take Kane for granted. He might not be here for much longer. Hopefully that's wrong. But today, yeah. he was, today off the ball, he, was, he, he really was excellent. He really was excellent. Mm. He was back at it. I mean, I'm just looking at the stats that Isaiah's given us because against Liverpool, he won zero aerial duels. And today against a quite physical, quite big Palace team, he won all four of the aerial duels he's involved in. Um, obviously, he's one shot, one goal. But it, like you say, he's just he's he's always involved in the play. And today, I think he had 39 touches. He only had 25 last week. And, you know, he was dropping in those positions and getting involved. And the thing about Kane as well today was in those final few minutes where we were trying to run down the clock, I think he, you know, won two or three free kicks in that time, didn't he? Just in that corner, he was just like, right, give it to me. I'm going to frustrate them and get a free kick. Anderson was getting really wound up by Anderson. He was yeah. like, Anderson was screaming for about 80, 75, 80 minutes in everybody. I think he had a, <laughs> I think he had a bust up with uh, Johnson, the goalie as well. Ward had to come yeah. over and separate them. He was screaming at Mitchell, their left back as well. Yeah, Anderson was 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 losing his rake. And uh, that's all because Kane just gave him a schooling. He just patted him on the head yeah. and said, sit down. He, it, was, it was, it was, it was, yeah. And that, as you say, that last couple of minutes in, down in front of me or just to my left was was really good. Yeah. Elise as well, he was he seemed to be losing his rag a little bit as well. So the linesman on my side was the linesman that elbowed um Johnson. Oh, uh, it, was, it? it was the Greek guy and he is. I mean I lift and I'm not small. He's massive. He's, he's huge. 
And like Elise is like bit he's like Elise is like normally, you know, you'd think somebody's in gonna be in someone's line at linesman's kind of face or grid as I call it. Elise was like a couple of steps away. I mean, this guy was big, this Greek guy. He, he was he was he was a big linesman and he was losing mm. his temper and you know, and IU before he got taken off was coming over and, and giving it like loads of verbals. They, they they began to lose their rag from about seventy five minutes in, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean I mean talking about um, Royal, we kind of skipped over it, but his first game back, I thought he did really well today. Uh, I know you, you've already said that you thought he was good today, said, but I thought defensively he was he was pretty solid as well. Um, Zaha down that down that left didn't really have any joy, did he? Really, that I can think of, maybe one or two threats, but um, him and then obviously Poro coming back done a number on him again. Yeah, there was there was I said it before, there was no room down the channels. You know, you, the, mm-hmm. the ball has to be fed into Zaha. You know, uh, and he Zaha doesn't really go looking for it. So if you can stop those uh, stop those routes, then he, you know he he doesn't get the ball very often. And that was what I noticed. He didn't have the ball that often. Mm. That he had the ball and tackles were flying in and all that. We stopped the ball getting to him. Um, Emerson was, was was really really good today, um, mm. and he has been for for weeks. You know, we've missed him over the last few weeks. Um, it was good that the the run of form that he had before he got injured um, hasn't yeah hasn't been curtailed with the injury. If you like, he's come. He seemed to have come straight back into it. Um, mm. I thought I thought Porro was good today. I also thought Romero was very good today. Um, and and again has been again in the last few games. I know there was that that rash penalty that he gave away against Liverpool, but overall he impressed me against Manchester United. I said that um, uh, in the pod that we did. Um, but did after that, I thought he was he was good. Seems to have just kind of found his rhythm again, and found a little bit more. I don't know, common sense maybe. Um, yeah, he, he's uh, you know, I, I don't see Dyer in a starting lineup next next season. I, I kind of want to, as a, as Kate Mason said on the on the last pod. I think we all like Eric Dyer, but it's been too much, um, too many mistakes, too many individual errors, um, too many poor performances. Yeah. Um, and if Romero, as he showed today, can be that man in the middle, then you can dot around him with, with new additions. Or as we saw today, you know, Emerson on that side, maybe it, it is, an, is an option. Um, so, you know, as use a phrase from Paul Muir, green shoots today, definitely. <laughs> and yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. And the other thing as well, whilst we're saying it's quite brave for him to drop diet, is it really? Because I think even he would admit that he's not had a great season, right, Paul? He's not been great since he got back into the, um, the England setup. I believe the fitness coach he's passing um, really affected Eric Dyer because um, I went back and had a quick look at a couple of things and uh, Dyer donated one of the England shirts to the fitness coach's family and said, I wouldn't have been right. where I am now without your help, etc." So, you know, we, we're not privy to this kind of information, but so we're, we're kind of, we're, yeah, we're, we're guessing a little bit, but um I think if Dyer played against IU, I think IU would have been perfect for Dyer. IU is very kind of like an old-fashioned number nine. He's up against Romero. Romero was excellent today. He got his foot in, he anticipated, and he closed down the space. And when IU did drop down to try and take the ball from Decore or Schlup or Eze, um, um, uh, Romero followed him and he, he, he didn't have anywhere to go. And Romero's really good at getting a little foot in there, a little nudge and putting off balance. And that would have been perfect for Dyer today. I'm not saying that, you know, that, Romero's bad in any way, but to answer your question, Dyer's had a rough couple of, couple of weeks. I mean, you put 
Romero in against maybe something like Rashford a midweek uh, when we play Man U. Would mm-hmm. Romero have done any better? Would he, would he still have been outstripped with his pace? Romero's not the quickest. He's, he's quicker than Dyer. Get, don't get me wrong, but you know, let, let's be let, let's be honest about it today. Is that yeah, maybe Jordan Ayew up against Eric Dyer would have been exactly what Dyer needed to get his confidence back. You know, he's an old-fashioned number nine. He's going to want to be physical. He's not really mm-hmm. going to run in behind you. Because the pace and the, and the trick is going to come from Elise either side from Zaha, and that's that that's that's your oppo's uh, problems to worry about. He'd have to worry about Ayu, and that would have been like right in kind of like you know uh, like uh, Eric Dyer's wheelhouse. But to answer your question, he he's, he has been he's he's not been at it, and he's been especially in Newcastle and Man U and Rashford. He gave Rashford a lot of space, and he got done. Mm. You're no, right. He's, he's been poor. He's been poor. I, I don't feel uh, just on that Man United Rashford point. I don't feel that it was um, Rashford's pace that did for Dyer. I felt it was Dyer's hesitancy that did for mm. Dyer. There's a, there's there's a difference. And okay. if you if you put the the two in, if you put Romero in that place, then the chances are, or well, there's a a chance that Romero cleans through Rashford, um, or or similar cleans through the ball one one, one way or the other. Mm. Um, Dyer is double thinking all the time at the moment. Um, and that's that's not good for a, for a defender, particularly one in the middle. So um, yeah, as we said, right call. Cool. Um, yeah, well, I think I think he could struggle to get back in the rest of the season. That yeah, that that I think I think watching and who we've got coming up with their forwards, that kind of backfield we had today. Yeah, um, I, I I could agree with Seb there. I think you know that that could be uh, that could be the back three or, or as Franco thinks the back four. For, for the rest of the season, well, till the season closes, which is only a couple of games. But yeah, we look very comfortable. When Romero is yeah. very, very vocal as well. It's quite quiet today, first 15, 20 minutes. You could hear him shouting. You could hear him like, you know, having a go at like Royale and, and telling people and Longley um, and Longley, like, you know, communicating very well with, with Romero. You can hear that. And uh, yeah, he, he, he yeah, it's a really good line. Played Zaha off a few times offside when when he went early, when Elise went early. Yeah, it was all Romero kind of like conducting. Yeah, I'm not saying Dyer doesn't do that, but it was it was it was good from him in the middle today. He was he was commanding, very commanding. The thing is, I think we're at a stage where we need a bit of a reshuffle in that defence, and I don't think too many people would be bothered if Dyer left now. And Longley, depending who you speak to, he does seem mm-hmm. very split in the fan base in terms mm-hmm. of whether they want to keep him or not, or whether they think he's any good or not. Some people think he's rubbish. You know, him being left-sided is always a benefit. But I think now is probably the time, and probably out of all of the centre-backs we've got, I think Romero is probably the only one that's, that most fans would be on side to keep. I agree with that a bit. I, I think Brendan, our colleague who does who does this with us, he put up um, in our Patreon he put up saying like Romero sometimes has this kind of like football completed it kind of attitude. I kind of agree. <laughs> I, I kind of agree. I kind of agree with that a little bit because sometimes it's it's not like it's not a Jan Vertonghen like stays like like leaning against the wall and think oh shit I've got to go and play Man United here. It's it's not that, but he does look like sometimes he just cannot be bothered. He's like, well, what am I doing here? And then other times you get him like today and he's bang on it and he looks he looks good, you know, as, as we've been talking about. So. I don't know. Yeah, if 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 we get Romero all the time like we had him today in the middle, then yes, you know he, he he's obviously worth building around. But sometimes he and he, he just he looks like he just switches off and he's like he'd rather be somewhere else. He'd rather be on a beach in you know the Maldives or the Mauritius, Mauritius or somewhere. He's just I don't know. He's I wish I wish we could like I wish we could like instill in him like to be like today for forty games a season. I said to you, Franco, after the Man United game, if I was the manager, you know, putting myself in in that shoes, he'd be one that I'd 
I'd literally fire up and say, you know, you're, you're a leader in this team now. You know, you're a World Cup winner. And yeah. I think that's what Paul's saying as well. You know, he, he's got the capability um, to lead. And, and, you know, obviously I wasn't there today, but Paul's saying he can hear, you know, can hear him shouting, hear him directing, um, hear, hear him ordering. That's what you want, you know, ab- absolutely. Um, so hopefully progress with him because, you know, he was a lot of money. Um, he started off very well, um, but there's definitely been a downturn this season. If we can get him up and commanding that defence, then it'll only benefit the the entire team. No, I agree, and I think he'd also be happy with a slightly higher calibre centre back next to him. I think that that you can't you can't deny that he's sort of that the whole defence has struggled at times this season. And I think you, you're right in those games, he's maybe not had the right attitude because he does seem to just sort of get a bit frustrated and, and get that glum look on his face rather mm. than being the one that's like, right, we need to get a grip of this. Um, but we've been talking about the sort of lack of leaders in this in this team for a long time. Um, I just want to touch on the midfield a little bit as well because today was uh, I thought they were very functional as always, good at sort of like closing stuff down, but not too sort of willing to get involved in the attacking play or, or get forward too much. Um, what did you think of them today, Paul? Um, yeah, workmanlike, functional. Skip with his kind of like prop forward kind of headband on from his uh, kicking the head from Jota <laughs> uh, last week. Little he skip. Yeah probably the first you can look away from a prop forward in your life but um yeah did did their jobs uh as you say very yeah i think hoybier got forward and he, he he didn't get his right foot around that ball which can slid him in, in in the inside right channel um i think that's the only time i can remember hoybier kind of like bursting forward he, he frustrates me hoybier because as i said on the last part of the pod before that was on he can give and go and he can join up we see it at denmark when Ericsson had his issues, and we see it, we see it sometimes. Sorry, at Liverpool as well, he can like break up. He can like he can break a team's counter press quite well mm. sometimes. Maybe, you know, as we said, and he, he'll, he'll give the ball and, and he'll, he'll he'll use Son or Kuzeski uh, as a as a wall, and he'll, he'll take the ball back and he'll and he'll, he'll progress with the ball. He can do that. He didn't do that today, apart from the one time when he broke forward and he slashed the shot wide with his right foot. Um, skip, yeah, skip, skip was in there with you know. Kind of like doing doing really what Skip does. Decore was poor. Sometimes Schlup come inside to bit to, to make it. they they congested the middle of the park quite well today. I've got I've got to admit, Palace. Yeah. It was yeah we we did have to move side to side a bit. So let's let, let's be let's it was pretty congested there. Decore works really hard. Schlup is you know, a very highly conditioned athlete. He'll, he'll get around the park for you. So, but to answer your question, it was yeah it was very kind of like. Yeah, it's, it's what we it's what we know we can get from Hoyberg. It's what we know we can get from Skip, and mm. um, yeah, that's about. Sorry, can't be any more kind of inspirational than that, really. <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's it. It's just I do wish they just kind of got a little bit more involved and offered. You know, one twos mm. could be that option to to pass it inside because there's times when it goes out wide to to maybe to Romero and defence and. He, he looks forward and he's got Poro in front of him. His other option is maybe um, Rishi or someone who's going to drop deep for it. Mm. But it just feels like if that midfielder, who once he'd given it out wide, then sort of just advanced a little bit, then it's a, an easier ball inside that then can go out. And then, do you know what I mean? You need to create those triangles. And I feel sometimes with, with Skip and um, Hoybier is that they're just, they're so busy sort of getting back and getting the ball back. And once they get the ball back and distribute it, they're like, right, job done. Almost just like right, let the attackers go and do whatever they want to do now. And I just feel like if they got involved a bit more, then it, you know that that play would be a lot easier. And there was times today where it was difficult to get the ball forward. I hear what you're saying there. Do you remember? Do you remember the? Do you remember the first goal that um, 
uh, we got against Liverpool when Skip played the ball through yeah, the inside left channel. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, exactly. sorry, mate. I'm sorry, jumping. I've spoken a little no, bit. No, but, no, no, Karen. Um, yeah, the, the, there is the option. Harry comes deep. Gray or Anderson are at his back. Then we know that Harry's going to shield that ball, and we 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 can gamble almost 100 percent that he's going to lay a, a high quality ball off into our path, and then we can get someone away just like Skip did um, against Liverpool. We played that lovely ball, but we saw mm. none of that today. So. But as I say, the, 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 they worked really hard. Ward was tucking in quite a bit. Mitchell was tucking in quite a bit. The middle of the park was really congested. So those maybe those passing lanes weren't there. So maybe you know we, we're being a bit harsh there. But Skip can play those can play those balls. We, I mean, we've talked about this. I mean, we watched Norwich, didn't we, Franco? You and I, we, we've talked about this. But he didn't. He just didn't get a chance today. That's it. You yeah. know what I mean? They just decide not to. I don't think they decide not to. I think they're tasked with not necessarily doing it. That yeah, it, it's. But, you know, it's it's frustrating, but so much of our play comes down, you know, post-Conte, obviously, particularly, is from the flanks. It's from Kane Cup dropping deep and, mm. and then moving the ball wide. It's where the goal came from today. It's where a lot of our goals from. Very, very rare. That Liverpool, that first goal, that's an outlier. It doesn't really happen like that for us. Um, mm. Hoybier and Skip and uh, are tasked with closing those, those those passing channels. And like you say, being functional. Getting the ball, recycling it, getting it to Kane, getting it out wide to the wing backs, and building mm. from there. Um, we, we, despite improvements today, we are still very functional, quite one-dimensional, um, and also before we even get out on the pitch, um, we're still obviously um, easy to easy to play up against the lineup. Even though we changed things up today, we still had the situation where we had two in midfield. So you, as Paul says, you you load that midfield up as the opposition, and already mm. you've kind of gained some kind of advantage in terms of the middle of the pitch. We've said loads how many times there's no one even in the centre circle. We're not looking for the for the ball. We are retreating back. Even on the attack, sometimes the ball goes out to the wing back. We said it before. The ball goes out to the wing backs. They pass it slightly backwards, particularly when Perisic is on the pitch. Mm. Um, goes back to Hoybier. There was a Hoybier got booed today. I think I heard it. Um, you can tell me that I'm wrong. Um, I think it was just before, must have been just before we scored. So it was definitely first half. Um, and we were attacking and the ball went out, I'm guessing, to Davis. He passed it to Hoybier. He had three or four options in front of him uh, and he passed it back, back into his own half. I don't know whether it went back to the goalkeeper. Or... There was, I think there was a groan. I wouldn't call it a boo. Right, yeah. okay. But that is the type of thing. It, it, it's going to, it, it maybe will never change with those, with particularly Hoybier on the pitch. It's yeah. conditioned into him. Um, that that is how we've played. You've got to remember that's how we've played under three previous managers, and he hasn't missed a game of that. Pretty much, mm. you know, under yeah. under Jose, under Nuno, under Conte, he was integral. I'd be surprised if he's missed more than one game. Um, so to get that out of him and therefore out of the team, it, it ain't going to happen in a hurry. No. No, and I wouldn't think too much about that. I think the fans in general were just wanted to be a bit more entertained today because there was a chance when Romero um, and Porro was in acres of space down the right. And for whatever reason, he looked up, you could see the pass was on, he decided not to make it, he dallied on the ball and then he gave it away. <laughs> and that you know, elicited <laughs> yeah. quite a large groan from the crowd as well. Um, that's it. I mean, I don't know, Paul, what you made of the the, the, the crowd today in general. I thought it was a bit damp. There was some levy out balloons being distributed, but there was no sort of... Like there's lots of things on social media from obviously the Enoch out uh, 
various enterprises that are going on mm-hmm. asking for their voices to be heard today let the let the chairman know but it was there was nothing today was there really yeah i saw the balloons in the last game as well the black ones with enik out on them was there some more today and then okay so they got a job a lot and they need to use up the the balance of those today so that that, that was fine good for them <laughs> Um, but yeah, that there was. I, I think if obviously we were going one nil down, I think if yeah, Palace taken like yeah the lead or something, then it might have been a bit different. But it was um, the crowd today. It was yeah, it was it. It was just a bit. It was drizzly. It was grey, um, and the football wasn't that inspiring. But it was it was decent, and people were just like a bit kind of meh. Really, they, they're waiting for the season to end. They're waiting for a director of football manager and a reset, just like the players are. I think. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, no, agreed. Right. Well, what do we think is going to happen in the league now, Seb? Um, Liverpool have played, I think, it's looking very lightly, them and Brighton are going to finish ahead of us, and you, you kind of missed out on the conversations. I think we've, we've we vaguely mentioned it two pods ago about um, whether we wanted European football next year, but I'm sort of more set in my mind now that I definitely don't want European football. So, where do you think we're going to finish in the league with three games remaining, and are you up for Europe next year? Uh, yeah, because I, I missed out a couple of weeks ago, but I think we discussed it after Man United. I like watching Tottenham. So, you know, the more yeah. I, the more I can watch a Tottenham, the better. Uh, you know, I, I and I, I don't know. I think now this um, kind of old um, uh, thought that Europa League or Europa Conference League. Well, let's hope not for Europa Conference League, but Europa League means that it damages your league form. Obviously, Arsenal have kind of put paid to that this season, and, and mm. probably I think it, it's been proven over the last couple of seasons it doesn't really. Now people are used to Sunday matches anyway. Uh, yeah, uh, 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 and things like that. I don't really think it, it it changes too much. I would I would like to see European football. Um, mm. I always remember um, that going back a few years when we when we um, missed out on Champions League and we had Jan Vertonghen at the time, and he spoke and said that yes, it was disappointing to miss out on Champions League, but European players particularly take that Europa League quite seriously. Yeah, um, yeah, and, and I think it's like an English. Um, thing, um, media or or whatever that kind of yeah. poo it a little bit. Certainly on the continent, and you see it with the teams that that are in Europa League and and yeah. kind of do consistently well. Your Sevillas and Dortmunds and teams like that, they they take it seriously, and it means a lot. It means a lot to them and to the players. That is part of our problem: is that we turn up at these teams that we think we should just roll over, and they take it seriously, and we don't. But if we get that European manager that um, takes, <laughs> <laughs> takes European competition seriously, then we yeah. might do well. I, I, I would like to see us 
get European Europa League. Um, Conference League is a little bit different because you are playing people from the arse crack of Nowheresville. So, mm. um, but I, I, I would like to see Europa League because we, we, we're miles off um, Champions League, and also I think Brighton, yeah, they, they, they're doing well. Full credit to them, and and they've they've been a, they've been a joy to watch. But they have got a tough running; they've got a few tough games. So, um, I think Liverpool will get fifth, um, and then. It's us and Brighton for sixth or seventh. Does seventh get? What is well, you say that, mate, but we've got some six-pointers coming up in which case because we've got Villa coming up, haven't we? And they're only three points behind us now, equal games. They win that. Do they go ahead? No. They're, they're, they are three points behind us having played the same amount of games, Villa. Yeah, and their goal difference is only three, though, and ours yeah. is seven at the moment. So if they beat us, you know, three-nil. Next <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what do we know? What seventh and eighth get, and is it, it doesn't ma- matter about the cup final, does it? I guess because that's United City. So what is eighth out of it and seventh Conference League and sixth is Conference League? league. Yeah, I think seventh is Conference League. Right, and eighth is nothing. I believe so. Yeah, I mean the other issues we've got Brentford at home, and Brentford aren't far behind either. <laughs> they are. They are. They're seven points behind us with three games to go. So that that that's that's they're you know they've got to make up seven points in three games. Yeah, I can't see that happening. Um, You're probably right. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think we're we're looking at top eight. I don't I, I don't know because we don't know what the players really think. We don't know what prospective managers think. Whether they think, oh, I'll have a nice clear run at the league, or whether they, you know, like Conte probably would have done, or whether yeah. uh, you know a Nagelsmann or a Slot or whatever thinks Europa League is kind of integral to his plans for the for the for the club. One thing I would say. Is historically, you know, we've have used the Europa League, even though maybe some managers haven't taken it seriously. We've seen some players come through. One Harry Kane is, you know, someone that I would consider kind of started playing Europa League football. And with the mm. the fact that the kids are doing so well, I mean, some of their football is is fantastic. Yeah, but they are kids, said they're like twelve years old. <laughs> That that Jamie Donnelly looks a cracking player. Dorrington at the back. Dorrington at the back. I've, got, I've literally got the under-18 Tottenham Hotspur thing. George Abbott, Thomas Bloxham, Jamie Donnelly, Alfie Dorrington. The goalie, Gunter, was really good for the 17s yeah. and the 18s. I watched both yeah. games against Forest and the other night against Villa on Spurs. Mundell looks, looks Mundle. a player. Mundell so, might be going might, might yeah, to Liège. He might, yeah. he might be letting him go. Um, but yeah, there, there is talent there. If we get seventh or eighth, and we're in, as I quote Seb Short here, arse cracker nowhere, play six of these kids. You, you might, you, yeah. you might as well, and and have like you know, kind of like a back, a back two or three or some international. They have a Dyer and and um, a Davies in there, and then have Forster or even Larice if he's still with a club. You know, obviously, like don't play a complete under seventeen team, but there's no reason why because they are good enough. We 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 played in these finals and watched both of them and the run up to these finals. We have played some really good progressive football, like one touch, bang, pass and move, push and run move, which the club's been built on from the fifties. Um, mm. it's it, it's good it's good and you know and we have said ad for night about bringing people through it's very very proud and why not they might not make a Premier League kind of squad you know Mundell's been on the bench for a bit you know it doesn't it doesn't like something like Alfie Devine's not going to break through just yet but they've got to be in and involved and if we are in a Europa League playing somewhere in Bratislava off you go lads away you go give it a go I, I, I don't see any harm in doing that I'm with Seb 
play the kids in that if we get seventh or eighth. I think I think uh, as well the, the 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 big issue if we don't get any European football, then mm. I mean we have got a bloated squad. It is huge. You, the players that are out on loan, God knows what, what we do with them if we've literally got forty. Let's suppose we go out in the first round of the cups for, for forty games because you can't have thirty players for for forty games. It doesn't. No. So there's huge issues, and we seem to have a big problem getting rid of players. Um, there's talk this week of you know um, this uh, uh, the sporting director coming in. Yeah, uh, he's got mum before, and he's also worked with Nagelsmann. So the media's media's going mad. But people are talking about the in potential incomings. For me, the biggest work he's got to do is he's getting shot at some of these players. It's that's it's a job and a half. But the thing is, we said this last year, and we ended up loaning half of them out, didn't we? Because yeah, we, we got to again. the end of the we got to the end of the window and we're like, nobody's come in for these. You haven't managed to do anything. We'll do some last minute loans. Don Bele's gone and got him fucking himself a league, league champions medal. He's played um, 87 minutes or something. Also, don't start. Frank. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, it's just funny that he has, he's, you know, he managed to get a last minute loan. He's, he's come away with a trophy, but you know what I mean? They've got those options coming back. We've got Don Bele, Celso, we've got Winks coming Joe back. Roden. <laughs> Show ben, Roden. Spence. Spence Kandogi. got the you know there's loads of people loads of players that we need to sort out so, and so many Franco that we didn't know the rules and had to release a player <laughs> <laughs> well there you go exactly so there's a lot to be done but we were saying this or certainly I remember saying it before last summer like oh it's going to be a big summer there's a lot to do we need to move on a lot of players and do this and do that and we didn't do half of it and we're here again and we're managerless we're director of footballless we haven't really got much of a direction. There's a lot, to, a lot to happen. When do you think we're going to be announcing a manager? Then you, I mean, it's obviously quite key that I think he gets it done early. And the other interesting thing would be what you were just saying, Paul, about um, you know playing these youth. I think maybe the, the club are taking in a bit of consideration about that, and maybe somebody that's going to be a bit more um, adaptable to playing the youngsters in, in European football and in the lesser games. I think you'd be mad if you if, if you're sitting on the board or you're in some kind of senior management role at Spurs right now. You've got to be looking at what Tony Bloom and deserve you doing a brain. You have to look at mm-hmm. it. And um, I've been doing quite a lot of reading over the last couple of weeks about what how Bloom does it. Bloom does his, he's got a data company, basically, and it's very, very secretive about how he goes about and like and and and, and recruits players. So he's a very it's quite a money ball kind of if you've seen that film with Brad Pitt and the baseball guys. Mm-hmm. It's quite that kind of attitude. Um, but they but then it's the coaching and it's a joined up kind of a way the way of thinking. Um, I think he'll probably announce something probably in the first week or second week of uh, the close season. It's it's about Carlo. I've said this before. It's the, the manager thing is Carlo's a domino. It's all going to fall. Carlo goes to Brazil. Nagelsmann goes to Real Madrid. It's gone quiet about Chelsea and Poc. It's gone quiet about us with Pochettino. Sorry, about a company or, or another player, ex-player coming in. So, yeah, I, I, I think as soon as we find out what's going on with uh, with uh, Carlo and after the Champions League, will mm. the, the, the defenders, uh, sorry, defenders, excuse me, managers will um, will will start to like fall into place. But I'd I'd, I'd like to see more. I mean, I say this, I, I think repeating myself, the youth is good enough to be played at the moment or be playing in like early kind of cup Europa games. And I do hope that we bring some of these people through and provide them, like I say, like a Brighton with a pathway through to the first team squad. Because if not, you know, he's talking about Mundell. I was just saying that to Seb. It looks like he might be going to, he might be going to stand the age. 
which is like, yeah, yeah Mund- Mundell is good. He's very, very good. He's a cut above what, what's going on at the moment. And it, it will be sad to, you know, obviously I don't see these guys day in, day out of training. I don't know about their, their development. I don't know about their psych, their, their profile, the psychological profile. I, I don't know, but it will be sad if we don't bring any, the next Ollie Skip, the next Harry Kane, the next Jeff, the Harry Winkler, Jeff Tenganga to be, because we're very proud of these players. And it, it does, it does mean something to our, I think our fan base to bring somebody yeah. through. So, I'm all right. I hope, I hope the next manager does kind of give these guys, blood them a little bit more. Yeah, and for the homegrown reasons as well. I think it makes, yes, it makes yes, sense. Yes. Um, It'd be very interesting to attract these guys from the under-17s and under-18s now. Um, to I mean, funny enough, Gwaii was in the under-17 side, which won the World Cup for England, and he was playing today. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There are players that haven't made the grade. They're, they're playing the low leagues, but it'd be very interesting to watch. For example, how somebody who you know somebody like a kind of a, yeah, like a um, a Mikey comes through and see if he does actually make it or he he, he gets a bit too big for his boots and he ends mm. up being like another John Bostock or some or somebody like that. It'll, it, it'll be nice to see some of these guys in two three seasons be coming on. I think, with... I think there's a couple that will. I, I honestly do. Um, I, I, the two that stand out for me are Donnelly and Dorrington. Mm. From from what I've watched, they they are. I think they've they've got it. They've got the physical capability as well, which is obviously massive at um, at that age. That's that's often what what I can do. But I can't believe when I'm looking at Mikey Moore and he's 15, <laughs> you know, he bullied me off the park. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. So I'm I'm hopeful. I, I, it, they look so good that team that I'll be hopeful that a few came. Certainly, a few came through. Hardworking lads as well went down in both games. Forest and Villa mm. come back. Yeah, good coaching. Uh, Clive Allen's younger brother is on the coaching staff. He's on the the commentary team on Spurs Play. It's if if you don't subscribe to Spurs Play, it's worth doing just for hearing what Clive Allen says about some of his coaching and his what his brother does and stuff. It's very very interesting. Well, for me anyway. But yeah, Seb's right. Some of these players coming through now look, they look they look like yeah, just a bit of luck. Obviously, right place, right time. That they they can have a chance of breaking through. And as I say, I hope so. Yeah, it's interesting. I've done a few Twitter spaces this year and, and some of the chat I heard was how bad our coaching was for the, for the younger ages. Um, and that's from people that are kind of involved in grassroots football around Spurs and, and sort of have link-ups with the club. So I think that's that's an area we need to improve. It's interesting seeing like the kids, I don't know what they were today. You probably, at half-time, Paul, you're under probably nines. getting a beer. Yeah, under nines, yeah. Under nines, seeing these little kids, the young young Spurs coming through. Um, it's interesting wondering whether in like 10 years' time they'll be, they'll be playing out in front of us. Anyway, right, let me just quickly mention football prizes. This week's prize is a signed Oliver Skip shirt, number mm-hmm. 29. Um there's obviously, as always, instant prizes. I think nine instant win prizes involved in the draw this week. Uh, the tickets are two ninety five, and there's 125 available. Don't forget with the discount code uh, CR10, you will get a 10% discount on your ticket price, and that applies to any of the competitions on footballprizes.co.uk. Get involved. Right, Mr Muir, thanks so much for joining. Yeah. Um, no midweek game, but I'm sure we'll be back next weekend reviewing the Villa match. Yeah, Villa had a little bit of a wobble today. Um, been quite impressive with uh, what uh, Emery's doing there, so it should, it should be quite quite a good one to go over again. But yeah, but thanks for having me on today, and uh, yeah, very welcome win, and uh, always nice to talk to you boys about it. Always good. Nice one. Uh, cheers, as always, Seb, for joining as well. 
No problem, mate. Yeah, I will miss next week. I have uh, my son's uh, play that he's been practicing, Alice in Wonderland. So What's I will be watching that at half past two. He is the March Hare. So ah, that to look forward to. It's a prominent role. You should be very proud. I am. I am. Although I'm not <laughs> sure he was particularly pleased when he found out he's missing football training on Thursday because he's got... <laughs> <laughs> uh, at least he's got his priorities right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cheers, Ed. Uh, look out for the YouTube gang back on Monday doing their um, review of the weekends. Um, until next time, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.